Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Jersey Educator Podcast. My name is Jeff Bradbury. And my name is Jim Boyce. And thank you so much for listening to our show today. Welcome to episode number 19. You are listening to the podcast created by NJEA members for NJEA members. And Jim, tell us a little bit about our guest today on our show. Oh, Jeff, we have Mark Weber, also known as, and maybe better known as, the Jersey Jazzman. He is a, a nationally recognized educational blogger, and uh, I've been following his blog for years at jerseyjazzman.blogspot.com. And we are looking forward to uh, having a fellow musician on to talk all things politics, I believe, is what we're going to be dealing with today, Jim. There's a lot of great things happening here in the NJA. Of course, coming up soon is our educational convention happening in Atlantic City. Jim, tell us a little bit about some of the things happening this year in Atlantic City. Absolutely, Jeff. The NJA convention is almost here. Whether you're a teacher or an education support professional, uh, this is the place for you. Happening in Atlantic City at the convention center, November 10th through the 11th. Uh, I'd like to talk a little bit about some of the early career member opportunities at the convention. Uh, They have an area of the convention floor called at the corner of 1st and 5th. It'll be in the back. Uh, center of the convention center main hall and they're going to be hosting topic roundtable conversations at the top of every hour uh, presented by peers uh, by early career members uh, for their peers uh, on all sorts of topics which our listeners can learn more about at uh, nja.org slash early career members Also, we have our third annual Early Career Member Networking event at Haven Nightclub in the Gold Nugget on uh, Thursday, November 10th from 6 to 9 p.m. Uh, We're expecting 1,200 Early Career Members to come out to Haven, which is one of the hottest nightclubs in the country. Uh, We'll be offering food and refreshments uh, for our Early Career Members. This is their opportunity to network with their peers from across the state, 1,200 like-minded NJA members all in one place. And uh, our members can register at njea.org slash early career members. Jeff. And, of course, there's other great things happening around the state. I want to give a big plug to an event happening on November 19th. It is the 5th Annual Ed Camp New Jersey at Thomas R. Grover Middle School in West Windsor, Plainsboro Regional School District. Uh, we have had five amazing years of Ed Camp New Jersey. You can, of course, find more information out over at edcampnewjersey.net. You can spell the whole thing out, edcampnewjersey.net. Check it out. We have about 300 tickets uh, ordered already. It is a free free event we have some great giveaways and some great sessions that we've already planned out uh check it out Uh, looking forward to seeing everybody over at edcampnewjersey.net and jim of course if you are listening to the show today you probably already are subscribing but maybe you're listening to the show for the first time how does somebody hear about this show and have them subscribe to it Sure, Jeff. We are on iTunes. Uh, Just do a search for Jersey Educator. We come right up and uh, feel free to subscribe and you can find all uh, 18 of our past episodes there. We're also on Google Play and Stitcher and our podcast. uh, All our episodes can also be found at njea.org slash podcast. 
And in our tech tip segment, I want to highlight a few things that's happening to the TeacherCast booth over at the NJEA convention. Uh, we have a lot of great sessions coming up. Um, for that session, we're going to be doing a podcasting and broadcasting 101 on Thursday and Friday at 2 o'clock, uh, where we're going to be t- sharing everybody how you actually run a show like this. We'll talk about some of our equipment, news, apps, everything about podcasting and broadcasting. That's going to be there. We're also going to be talking about how to create an amazing presentation just like a WWE superstar. That's going to be happening at 1 o'clock at Thursday and Friday. Of course, Jim, um, 11 o'clock to 1 o'clock, we are going to be doing live broadcasting um, and having a great time with that together. Uh, We're going to be talking all about creating amazing WordPress websites starting at 10 o'clock. And then at 9 o'clock, this is all going backwards in time, of course. We're going to be doing creative ways of using Google Slides with your students. Um, Again, that's at 9 o'clock. So we have a great uh, location over at the TeacherCast booth. Look for us over on the Digital Boulevard there. And we are having a good time at the Teachers Convention. Check us out. We look forward to meeting you. Jim, our guest today is Mark Weber, the Jersey Jazz Man. Tell us a little bit about him and how he's going to be participating this year in the uh, NJEA convention. Sure, Jeff. Uh, We're very happy to have Mark Weber on the show tonight. He is a music educator in Warren Township and a doctoral student in educational policy at Rutgers University. Uh, Of course, his blog, Jersey Jazzman, is nationally recognized as a source of education policy analysis and commentary. And this year, we're we're very happy uh, to have Mark as our plenary session speaker at the NJA convention. He'll be speaking on Thursday, November 10th at 1130 a.m. And Jeff, I am I am definitely going to try to make that one. I am looking forward to it. Mark, uh, welcome to the show. It is nice to have a fellow music teacher and music educator on the program. How are you today, Mark? I'm great. Thanks, uh, Jeff. Uh, I didn't realize you're a music educator. I am a uh, a, a recovering music educator, uh, f- <laughs> uh, 14 years in, in the business, uh, and, and we can talk all about that stuff off camera now. But tell us a little bit more about yourself. Uh, what is the Jersey Jazz Man? Uh, well, Jersey Jazzman's a blog now, I think, uh, seventh year, uh, I've been doing it. Um, and it's just one of those things it, you start doing something and you, you never really realize how it's going to take off and, and become something you never expected. And, um, I really started it just because I got frustrated. I pick up the newspaper and I get annoyed at what I was reading or I turn on the radio and I get, you know, I'd be yelling at the, at, I'm sitting in my car yelling like a maniac. And, you know, I think my, I think it was my wife who finally said, you got to do something about this. You got to find some way to get all of this out. So I started this blog, not thinking that it was going to be anything more than my ranting every once in a while. And this weird thing happened. People actually started reading it. And, um, you know, pretty soon uh, uh, people were coming up and talking about it. And, uh, you know, it just kind of ballooned into this thing. And, uh, um, you know, now um, I'll, I'll do posts, you know, thousands of people will check in and I'll have, uh, you know, it, it's kind of funny. I'll have reporters call me, ask me about things. Um, so it, it just never really, I never really saw it becoming this thing. But I think what might have happened was um, a, a lot of teachers out there were feeling what I was feeling and no one was really speaking in 
uh, our voice and or, or one of us wasn't speaking. There are other teacher bloggers out there, but, um, you know, I was kind of the first in the state to uh, uh, pick up some of these themes, particularly when Chris Christie got into office and a lot of teachers just got so frustrated and so angry at some of the really horrible and, and frankly stupid things that were coming out about us, about the union, about what was happening in our schools. So I, I think I came along at, at a time when people's nerves were really raw and I was expressing something that a lot of people really wanted to hear. Mark, you seem a little passionate about this topic. How did you go from <laughs> being a musician into uh, you know, educational law, educational policy, and, and, and eventually I could, as you know, you're getting your doctorate in these areas. How did that yeah. transition happen? And is this something you've always been interested in? Well, I've always been interested in politics. And um, even like back in the, I'm old enough to remember the culture wars of the late 80s and the 90s. And I was working as a composer. I was working with, uh, um, you know, different ensembles and dance companies and things like that. And we were going through the whole defunding of the NEA and I really got heavily involved in the politics of that. Um, it's hard not to be a, a it, it's hard to be a working musician and not at some level be an educator. You're always giving lessons or you're, you know, a lot of the things that I did when I was a composer, I would get meet the composer grants and you would go out and you'd work with kids. And I, I actually did a fair bit of that. And then I had my own kids and um, I was sort of looking around at, you know, I was tired of gigging all the time. And what did I want to do next? And I realized I really liked working with kids and I, I loved music and, you know, that, that teaching just sort of naturally came from that. Um, but so I, I'd always been interested in policy and politics, but really it was um, my first couple of years in teaching. I wasn't that, involved in these sort of things. It was really what I saw happening with the Christie administration uh, that, that really juiced me because some of it was just so completely out to lunch. And, um, you know, I, as I got more and more interested in it, it it's um, a funny thing about music. Um, I don't, I don't know it, it, if it's that people who are good at math are good at music or people who are good at music are good at math, but they always seem to fit together. There's some, thought that it's on the same side of the brain. And for me, statistics and quantitative information, I kind of always took to it. And uh, the more that I got involved in it, the more that uh, it, it became something where I felt like I could make a contribution where a lot of people were not making contributions. And then I got to know Bruce Baker at Rutgers and, uh, you know, we had done some things together and he said, why don't you come into the program and, you know, get a little more sophisticated about these things. And that's what I've been doing for the last few years. So before we get into the, to the heat of the, uh, the, uh, the interview here, I, I want to kind of step back a little bit here and take a look at what you're doing. Cause we do have a lot of people that ask us about, you know, how do I get into social media? How do I get into, <laughs> to the blogging area? Just 30 seconds. Quickly tell us a little bit about your website. I see that you're on blogger. Uh, yeah. Why did you choose that, or how did you choose that? And and, and just just give us the thirty second. How does this whole system run for those out there who might be interested in getting into the whole uh, writing and and edu blogging? 
Well, if, if you're going to do blogs, you've really got two choices. One is Blogspot and the other is WordPress. And WordPress is more sophisticated, but it takes a little bit more time to set up. And I wanted to get going, so I went with Blogspot. But you could you could go with either. Um, you know, it, it, one thing about blogging, it, it actually really comes down to two things, I think, if you want to do it. One is you've got to consistently put out something. And I'll have times, I'm just coming off of one where I'll I'll have a couple of weeks where I can't get to doing a lot of writing, but I always try to have at least several pieces every month and and pieces that are substantial. And the other thing is you have to have a presence on places like Twitter, uh, Facebook, um, other sort of social media outlets. Uh, People find out about my blog because other people tweet about the the blog or because Facebook posts uh, get put up and people put links to my stuff. Um, So if people are interested in doing it, uh, those are really things you have to think about. Um, I wish more teachers were doing this. I wish more educators were doing it. Um, we, We don't have enough educator voices out there right now. It's a big problem throughout the policy world. Too much policy is being made by people who the last time they were in a classroom, it was either parent teacher night for their own kid or it was their own graduation. That's not good enough. We need people who are in the classroom every day who are actually practitioners informing some of the the policies. Uh, I think I ran over 30 seconds. Sorry, Jeff. <laughs> no, it's 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 always fascinating to see. You know, I, I do a, a show called Educational Podcasting today, and it's all, you know, why did you make these decisions? How did it work? Where did it come from? But enough about the nerd stuff. Jim, take it away. Uh, well, I'd like to continue on some nerd <laughs> stuff. Uh, yeah, let's yeah. do nerd stuff. Nerd <laughs> stuff's oh, good. It's always good. Uh, Mark, it, it it's so great to have you here on the show to, to spend a – a little bit of time with our listeners and you know you you just spoke there a little bit about a a void that that you have stepped into um and and looking for voices and looking for other bloggers like yourself and it's a challenging thing to um to encourage our members NJA members um, to get into politics and and to find the importance there and and speak out and you know Mark be, uh, I was beating my my head uh, just trying to uh, come up with a question you know or and and then I found something and I read the NJA review article from September that you wrote. Uh, giving sort of a preview of your session at convention. And uh, the intro to that article mentioned the intersection. So the, the intro said, the intersection between politics and policy and their effects on the everyday lives of teachers, education support professionals, and students in our public schools. Um, so so you you kind of exist in that intersection, and you're looking for some members to join you. Yeah. I think we all have to be there. I think any professional has to be there. Um, You know, nobody would say that our country's medical policy should only be made by doctors. Nobody would say that. But you don't make critical decisions about people's health care without doctors at least not just having a seat at the table, at least being the ones who are driving many of of these important decisions. Again, they're not the only stakeholders, but they've got to be among the critical stakeholders. 
Um, you wouldn't do that with the military. You wouldn't do that with law enforcement. You wouldn't do that with accounting. You can go down the list of professions. And yet, you know, to, to get back to why I started the blog, one of the first things I started writing about was Governor Christie put together a teacher effectiveness task force. So this was 2011, 2011, maybe 10. Um, and he picked all the people to be on the task force and he picked one, one working teacher. Now, how do you have a task force about teacher effectiveness with one working teacher? And in fact, that teacher was deliberately not a member of NJEA. There's a, a in Newark, a couple other districts uh, are represented by uh, a statewide union uh, uh, that's affiliated with the American Federation of Teachers. So distinct from NJEA. Uh, and, and because of Christie's war with NJEA, he decided to pick this teacher. Fine teacher, fine representative. I, that wasn't my issue. It was that this thing was so brazenly, brazenly political. Um, and they wound up producing a report. And I criticized the report almost immediately because it was not only was it totally innumerate, not only was it totally ignorant of, of a vast uh, body of research that's out there about teacher effects, but it was clear that the people who put this together had very little background in actually being in a classroom. Otherwise, they wouldn't have said some of the things that they said. They wouldn't have come up with some of the ideas that they came up with. Um, so, you know, this has got – we seem to believe that that everybody knows about school because everybody went to school. Well, you went to school. I'm not saying – you, you can't have an opinion. I'm not saying your opinion shouldn't matter. Of course it should matter. But the people who work in schools every day are the ones who should be leading policy, who should be driving policy. And instead, we've, we've gone completely in the other direction and allowed a bunch of people who, many of whom, don't even send their own children into the public schools, uh, uh, let alone attended public schools themselves, and yet they're the ones who are somehow going to figure out how public education is going to work. Um, so, yeah, one of the things we have to do, I think, to change that is let's get some more voices in here. But but I understand that we're in an atmosphere right now where people might feel intimidated and people might feel like they might get reprisals put on them for speaking about what happens uh, in education. And I think that this is one of, and I've said this numerous times, this is one of the most important things that a teacher's union can do is to provide protection for people to engage in political conversations. I've certainly felt that way about NJEA. I'm, I'm greatly appreciative for it. And I, I think we, we have to stand strong with our colleagues and say, come get involved, get your voice involved in the system and don't feel like you are going to pay a price at your job for really what comes down to exercising your rights as a citizen. Get involved in the system. And, and Mark, since we're all a part of the system, we can all help to change the system, uh, which yeah. is what you, you certainly try to do with your, your, your posts and uh, our, our listeners can find your posts and your blogs at a uh, jerseyjazzman.blogspot.com. Yeah. And, and, and Mark, any idea how many blogs and posts you you've done over the years now? Um, I think I just passed 
2,200. 2,200. I think I just passed. Uh, uh, the, and that's not all of them because there's <laughs> there are several dozen that I uh, I looked at and said I'm not hitting the publish button. And it was in some cases probably for the best. Uh, <laughs> every once in a while, maybe I'd come up with something a little tart about somebody. And say, yeah, you know what? No, I think I'm going to let that one diet a death by itself but but yeah i think it's been about 2200 um probably the biggest post i ever had was over a hundred thousand readers um and that's when uh melissa tomlinson god bless her uh got went up to the governor and uh, uh the governor he had that famous picture where he's wagging uh his finger at her and uh uh and, and in fact, I, I got in touch with her that day and we we just did a short interview. And I think that was kind of the last straw for a lot of people. And that thing blew up. That, that's that been the biggest post I think I, I've had up to to uh, to date right now. So and any any of our listeners want to revisit that or any of the Jersey Jazz Man's posts, uh, the blog it is searchable with the search feature, uh, jerseyjazzman.blogspot.com. Uh, to find that particular <laughs> post, I would assume you could just do a search, short search for Melissa Tomlinson. Yeah, don't search for Christy because you'll <laughs> there'll be so many posts that, and you could like Christy hates teachers. There's probably hundreds of posts that you could Google under uh, uh, that one. It's um it's really kind of amazing when I think about it. We're, we're only going to have about one more year of this governor. And um, what am I going to write about after <laughs> he's gone? I'm going to have to find something else. Well, uh, there you, will be you, another governor. Yes, there will. Uh, uh, let, let's cross our fingers about. Uh, yes, uh, let's, that's let's do that. Let, let, let's certainly do that. And Mark, it would not be out of the ordinary for you to write about national issues. Uh, am, am I correct oh, yeah. in that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In fact, I'd have to say probably over the last few years. I mean, I, I do try to do a lot of work in Jersey, but there are other things that keep coming up. Uh, I've been writing lately about um, the, the charter school cap in Boston. Um, and, and an issue like that resonates, uh, across the country. So I think it's important to write about that. I've written some, uh, about what happened in Chicago, uh, with the looming teacher strike. And obviously, uh, you know, that was, uh, that was a close call. And, uh, you know, I, I consider Karen Lewis a friend and, um, you know, I, I and so I've been, happy to talk to her and, and find out what's going on there. Uh, Chicago is a really interesting story again, nationally too, because there is such a disparity between how much money um, this society is willing to put into the wealthier suburbs of Chicago, as opposed to the city itself, or maybe even some of the uh, poor suburban cities. And I did a post about that a couple of months ago. There there's a, even when you, take into account differences in uh, labor markets. There's just this enormous disparity, even as Chicago has so many kids who don't speak English, uh, who have special education needs, um, uh, uh, kids who are at risk, who are in severe poverty, and they're not getting the resources that they need. And who's been the only 
organization that stood up for that. And it's the Chicago Teachers Union. So again, I keep hearing these things about how teachers unions are impeding uh, what's best for students. Teachers unions are at the forefront of getting uh, schools the resources that they need. And if you don't have the resources that you need, you're never going to be able to do what what you need to do. So, um, you, you know, there actually is some empirical evidence out there that if you have a unionized teaching force, good things happen in, in your schools and a strong union leads to good things happening. But we've been getting exactly the, the opposite picture um, over the past few years. And it's been a shame. Ab- absolutely. And uh, it's, it's time. It, it's, it's beyond time overdue to change that conversation, which is part of the reason why, why you're here with us, Mark. Uh, speaking of changing the conversation, uh, convention's right around the corner, and you have been asked uh, to give the keynote address, uh, Mark. So, yeah. so con- c- congratulations on that. You'll Thank be you. absolutely. You'll be speaking uh, Thursday, November tenth at eleven thirty a.m. a.m. for the uh, pl- pl- for the plenary session. And yeah. uh, anything you want to share? Any uh, anything we can look forward to hearing there? Okay, uh, <laughs> let's see. So first of all, uh, uh, I, I will admit I'm a little nervous about this because, like, I'm going to be up in front of – it's different than speaking to a group of strangers. I mean, these are colleagues, and, and I, I want to represent everybody well. Um, I, the big thrust is going to be what we talked about earlier, this idea that we have to be involved in policy and we have to be the ones who are driving the conversation. But I do want to get into some specific – things that I've been looking at over the last uh, couple of years. So we're definitely going to talk about charter schools. And the big thing with charter schools is that I'm all for some form of choice. I think it's fine to have choice in the schools. Um, I don't think it's fine if you do that to the detriment of the public schools. And this is becoming increasingly the issue. What are we, what price is being paid for having charter schools, and particularly when you think about it, charter schools are redundant. I, you you have two leaders and you bring a charter school into a district. Now you have two different districts, two different superintendents. That's redundant. That's, and unless you're getting a value for it, it's going to be wasteful. Uh, I don't see much that the charter schools are doing that could be called innovative. Uh, what I do see is that they tend to have much younger teaching staffs that are paid less. That's not good for any profession. And so um, I think that's that's an important issue that we need to address. Uh, I'm definitely going to be talking about school funding. Uh, Chris Christie's insane. There's no other word for it. Insane fairness formula. It It is so illogical that even uh, conservative economists like Eric Hanischek, who've been uh, talking about how money doesn't matter in schools for years, I, of course, disagree. Uh, Even he looked at it and said, this makes no sense whatsoever. Um, I think it betrays really the way Christie looks at education. He thinks about it in terms of politics and not in policy. But I think it, it has opened the door to have a serious conversation about why some districts need state aid and why others should get less. 
if you're a wealthy district and you tax yourself and you have high property values, your tax rate is going to be less than if you're in a district that has low property values. So if we want to try to make taxes fair, if we want to, we don't want to tax people to death, we have to think about things like uh, state aid. Uh, I'm definitely going to talk about teacher evaluation. Uh, I'm going to be talking about testing uh, with teachers and I'll talk about testing in general. So, uh, I, and then I, I, I want to make sure we have enough time to have a talk and have questions and, and uh, you know, have a back and forth. I'm a jazz musician by training. So I think it's going to, there's going to be a lead sheet. I'm going to play off of it. And then we're just going to kind of blow and see what happens. Mark, what's your instrument? Piano. Does that affect the way that you prepare for presentations and speeches by the way that you are used to learning how to use piano and, you know, it's an instrument where wow. both both hands are independent at the same time. No, that's wow. What a good question. Uh, um, this is a conductor yeah, question here. You know, I, I teach like I play jazz. I think, and I actually think most people do. Um, you know, when, when you go to ed school and they start you out and they, they want your very scripted lesson plan and your professor checks it and where's your assessment, where are your procedures, you know, where, where are your objectives? Um, you know, th- that's one way to sort of approach it. But I think most, I'll speak for myself, but I think it's true with a lot of teachers. You're, you're constantly taking the reading of the room and you're adjusting what you do based on how your students are reacting. And that's just like playing jazz. You've got a tune, but you're listening to the other musicians and you're responding to what they're doing. Um, So I prefer to give a a speech like that. And actually I'd have to say, I try to write the blog like that a little bit too. I just kind of let things go. I do go back and edit. Uh, I'm not a very good editor. You, you will find lots of spelling and syntax and grammar mistakes uh, on the blog. I, I have tried to get better about that, but I also don't let it hold me up. And if I've got something to say, I think it's more important to say it and maybe put a comma in the wrong place than it is to, to sort of hold back. Um, but yeah, that's a, that, that's a good question. I hadn't really thought about speaking in that way, but I guess, I guess it's the uh, same sort of thing. You know, it's like us talking now. We're, we're, there's always going to be some extemporaneous part of a, a, of a conversation that people are going to have. I, I'm totally right there with you, and that's exactly how I prepare for our, our podcast, and that's how I prepare for my keynotes and all my lectures and stuff is, you know, like you said, it's good to have structure. But, hey, we're all improvising and we're all listening to each other. See, this is just two musicians talking, isn't it? There you go. That's what it is. Although, you know, uh, Dana, she wrote her speech last year and she gave a great speech. So, you know, it's it's it all depends. Jose wrote his. So didn't he write? I think he wrote his uh, uh, last year and uh, he gave a great speech. Uh, Jose's a terrific. Well, they're both terrific writers. So I actually have. uh I, I've got a lot to uh, live up to uh, uh, this uh, coming year, so uh, ho- I hope I can make them proud. I have a couple of questions here, if we can, uh, just in kind of wrapping up here, and this is sure. kind of things I'm noticing here. Your Facebook page, Mr. Holland is on it. 
Yeah. There's a significance there that, that I, I'm thinking about when I see that, that especially that picture. Uh, what is the significance for you to have that on there? And by the way, that's facebook.com slash Jersey Jazzman. I'm not going to ask you about the banner picture, but I'd love to ask you about the Mr. Holland picture. Oh, you could ask me about the banner picture. That actually came out of an NJEA thing. We all met uh, um, the president of NEA, NGA, NJEA, put a bunch of us together. And that picture's from that. And uh, one of the other bloggers who was, who was there said that I look like the most interesting man in the world. And then they they kind of glommed the picture together. So I felt like that. <laughs> I felt, yeah, that that needed to be uh, the, the work involved in that needed to be acknowledged. I thought it was funny. Um, in terms of Mr. Holland, I mean, I just I love the movie. Uh, what's not to love about the movie? I think Richard Dreyfuss is uh, terrific in it, but you know, one one of the I think one of the most important messages of the movie is that you know teachers are people and they have dreams, they have hopes, they have they they want to do things right by their students. Often they fail, and one of the more authentic things I think in that movie is how he's not necessarily always great with his students. You know, he has these moments where he slips and he falls and he acknowledges that. Um, but probably my favorite scene in that is the first time he leads the marching band and and they're playing Louie Louie as they're walking down the street. And then he comes home and he takes off his hat and he turns to his wife and said, that was so much fun. And, you know, it, if you can't have that in the classroom your kids are going to suffer you 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 have to believe that what you do matters and that it's enjoyable and and that it's important um we are unfortunately doing way too much right now to take that feeling away from teachers and and instead to make it about you know your effectiveness your efficiency I'm all for holding teachers to account. No one's for holding teachers to account more than other teachers because you never want to teach next to a bad teacher. That's the last person you want to be next to. Um, But at the same time, if we suck the joy out of teaching, we're going to suck the joy out of school, which means we're going to suck the joy out of learning. And, And that's only going to be to the detriment of our students. So that's for me, that's uh, Mr. Holland's opus is about like the fun of teaching. And, and also there's a message in there about the arts and funding and all sorts of other things. So, yeah, I haven't watched it in a while. I'll probably go back. You know, he's, he's famous for putting a kid in a football helmet and beating him with a uh, bass drum hit stick, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, well, he got the kid to keep a beat, though. So, no, no, but no actual children were harmed in the filming of that movie, I, I, I believe. So it was nice talking uh, to you, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, uh, Mark, obviously you're doing some amazing things, not only in the world of music, but obviously in the world of just getting social awareness out there. Um, we are going to be broadcasting live from 11 to 1. Jim, is, is Mark able to stop by and say hi to us? Uh, I, I, we can uh, always put that ask out there, but I think Mark is going to be a little preoccupied, uh, giving the convention keynote on Thursday at 1130, uh, 1130 in the morning. Well, we'll we'll make some time. I'll stop by. I'll I'll definitely stop by and say, so he's competing against our broadcast. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) Well, well, if he's competing, we are going to lose Jim. Thanks. We're on recording here, Jim. So. (laughs) 
Mark, I, 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 look, you and I have a lot to catch up on. I, I will save that for another podcast. But, Mark, sure. thank you so much. One last time, where can we find out more information about the great work you're doing? Uh, go to jerseyjazzman.blogspot.com. Uh, go on Twitter, uh, at Jersey Jazzman. Facebook, uh, just search for uh, Jersey Jazzman. Really, if you put in Google and and you put in Jersey Jasmine, you will find me uh, at some point. In fact, I just got jerseyjazzman.com, so that should link to uh, the blog. Um, yeah, and then uh, every now and then in New Jersey Spotlight, uh, I'm there uh, sometimes in the Washington Post. Um, so, uh, you know, keep your eyes and ears open for all Jazzman-related activities. Jim, I got to tell you, Mark is an amazing educator, and I'm looking forward to having him and meeting him down at the convention. Um, where can we find some of the great things happening again this time at the convention? It's coming up soon. I hope that people can join us. Sure, Jeff. Uh, I believe you can find the website for the convention at uh, njea.org slash convention. Uh, yep, and, and that, that redirects you to njeaconvention.org is the the hub for everything happening in Atlantic City, November 10th through 11th. And if you're an early career member and you're interested in networking with your peers at convention, whether it be on the convention floor or at the entertainment opportunities Thursday evening, uh, check us out at njaorg slash early career members. And I want to say one more time, thank you guys for checking out the podcast today. This is episode number 19. If you are interested in subscribing to us, Jim, where can we go for more information? Sure. Uh, check us out at njea.org slash podcast. You can also find us on iTunes by searching for Jersey Educator. If you have any questions or if you'd like to be a guest on the program, write to us at podcast at njea.org. And we thank you one more time for checking out this, and we hope to see you at the convention. On behalf of everybody here in the NJEA, my name is Jeff Bradbury. And my name is Jim Boyce. Thank you for much, so much for listening to our show. And this is a reminder to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions in New Jersey. 